Alyssa Fan pregame, Sportsnet, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ailish and Justin. Thursday night, big night of hockey across the network. We're going to tee up tonight's heavy slate of action, including Leafs and Kraken a little later on. Haley Salvina Athletic at 6.30. We got San Jose, Boston, Calgary, Dallas, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Vancouver, Vegas, everything you want to see and more. Uh, she'll be joining us around 6.30. Tiger Woods back playing golf today. It's exciting news. Corey Perry also issued a statement today regarding his, um, I guess, dismissal from the Chicago Blackhawks and what's next for him. But the big thing is I cannot stop refreshing Twitter because it really feels like the Jays are one of three remaining teams in the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. I have all my tweet notifications on. And I will be doing that all show long. So if I'm distracted, it's because I'm eager for Shohei news. It feels like it's imminent. You feel like it's imminent? It's, I feel this vibe, I don't know. Justin. I, 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 just, I, I, I think like, it's happening. I feel like we're getting swept away That's just okay. a little bit here by the online discourse. But what I do think is true, 100%, when we're talking about the Blue Jays and we're talking about Shohei Otani, is that we're headed towards like a binary outcome of massive extremes. <laughs> it's either like euphoric state like we are heading towards sort of outcome that could only be trumped by winning a world series versus Mm. oh you don't get Shohei Otani uh you never really had a chance to get Shohei Otani and how are you going to actually try to build a competitive baseball team given that the Toronto Blue Jays have had a slow erosion of talent here for the last couple years like it is the stakes are massively high it seems like and just that the Blue Jays are still involved is I wouldn't say a win. But it's a very, win, Justin. Very, no, but like it's why it's not a win to me is like if they don't get Shohei Otani, again, the situation isn't great, but you don't gain anything from coming second. And I do really fear the result being that where it's, yeah, he considered it. There was a lot of money on the table and he considered mm-hmm. that money, but it wasn't the spot for him. And where does well, that clearly lead? Clearly organization Blue is in the upper echelon of franchises, landing spots, that a well, guy mo- of this caliber would be considering that to me but means money's, something. Money's money. Money's money, but there's more than and just this money. Is, this is the PJ Live uh, uh, store uh, debate. If you really wanted, like, yeah, a lot of money was placed in front of Tiger Woods, but he's like, no, that's not well, my life. A little life. bit of that's ethics not, involved. That's not where I want to be. And again, that's it's just like money can get you the conversation, but it can can it get you to true contendership? I'm not really sure. Okay, so we got to this point. Um, I think. Quite a while ago, ESPN's Jeff Passan started the snowball effect by saying that the Blue Jays were, quote, chasing superstar free agent Shohei Otani and that they want to do something big. There's nothing bigger than getting Shohei Otani. Um, BNS, Ben Nicholson Smith, uh, talked about what Ross Atkins had to say about Shohei Otani, and he didn't shut it down. He said, we have an incredible opportunity here. The city, the country, the support of ownership, the winning environment, the renovations that have occurred. We have incredible opportunities with the economy and the diversity and the strength of the city that is celebrated by a country. Buster Olney, like what, today was this today maybe? I'll say this, talking to people that know Otani, they think he's already made his decision. They think he knows where he wants to go and he has for a long time. Uh, I but mean, that, that last part's Twitter, not great. But if you go on Twitter, it's, you, you can really get... Uh, can really get you can get swept trapped. away. You can get swept away. A yes. lot of bloggers are really making me anxious because they just tweet the word Shohei Otani. It's uh, it's quite stunning. Based on what Atkins said, yeah, I do actually think there's an incredible opportunity. I think it's obviously beyond what we could see on the diamond, but the Blue Jays can't win without that sort of impact. But if Shohei Otani comes, 
then it kind of fixes all that ails them in a lot of ways. And all of a sudden you can start thinking about the Blue Jays in a completely different light. So there's reason to get swept away because this is franchise changing, sports market changing. It's possible, I suppose, even if it might be us getting swept it's away. It's possible. Um, we have our first guest on the line, uh, Sid Sixero. But before I bring him in, I just wanted to say uh, some breaking news here. Vancouver Canucks have acquired Nikita Zadorov from the Calgary okay. Flames in exchange for a fifth-round pick and a third-round pick in the 2024 and then 2026. So sorry, Maple Leaf fans. Uh, we'll get into this a little bit later for sure. But Zadorov, who was probably the top candidate for most uh, to help bolster this blue line, is now going to Canada's sweetheart team, the Vancouver Canucks. So we'll circle back on that. But we want to bring in Sid because we have lots of hot Shohei Otani gossip to go through. Um, are you a believer, Sid? It's getting close, it feels. What is going on here right now? This is, this is, <laughs> it feels like this is going to be a half hour, doesn't it? It does. You already, you already got a hockey deal? What were the picks in that deal? Anyway, it was um, a fifth round pick in this upcoming draft and a third round pick in 2026. Pretty good. That's that's a that's a reasonable cost mm-hmm. to doing business, mm-hmm. isn't it? I would like, have been happy to see that on this side of the city. <laughs> uh, good to see you both, by the way. This is weird being back kind of in the studio. It's a little strange. <laughs> uh, you guys are doing a great job. It's great yeah. to be on finally with you. We, we worked common shifts for a while mm-hmm. yeah uh what's it what's it going back to like real life though for you two we are much well rested i think <laughs> we feel more awake most of the time i think we we look a little bit more awake uh but it's been a good lifestyle change like a good, complete good. flip <laughs> you guys are doing a great job uh this is these are the these are the fun days i miss these are the fun days i miss where you just the coffee is percolating and you have no idea <laughs> You have no idea what is coming your way next on the feed. And at the minimum, John Palmarosi is just going to drop another Canadian bomb on your head and you'll have another 20 minutes of content to run with. So, <laughs> sorry. Okay. Wait, sorry. Does the door off trade through me? Otani? You want to start Otani? Let's yeah, start, start Otani. Otani. Are, yeah. are you allowing yourself okay, to dream Otani. about Shohei Otani? Yes. And I have no soul. <laughs> but I am allowing myself to dream. For one reason, and like I think, I think for the last twenty-five years in professional baseball, it doesn't matter where in the world you are from—Idaho, Canada, the Dominican—I don't care where it is, Cuba. When a big-time free agent has hit the scene. 9.9 times out of 10, it's about one thing. It's about money. I don't know if you can say that about every other sport because of caps and whatnot. But in baseball, Scott Boris terms, that has been the bar. And most baseball players you are, are very simple to read. It's cat in the hat stuff. Just pay them the most, and they're usually going. N- I'm dreaming about Otani because no one has a clue what makes him tick. It's one of the things I respect the most about him. There are really serious baseball reporters on this. Shy, Ben Nicholson-Smith, all of our online favorites. And you're seeing a lot of things. 
But I don't know if any of them have this guy pegged. And the one thing I keep going back to is when were the Angels the favorite to ever land this guy? <laughs> mm. Like, I understand staying West Coast. I understand you're a little closer to Japan. I get, like, geographically made sense. He had other options in theory. But nobody read that at the time. Nobody. The Angels, they no pitching. He's their pitching now. Welcome. You're hitting with Trout and the pitching. No one saw that coming. I don't believe this kid is done with the surprises. I don't. And it pains me to give that Jays front office any benefit of the doubt based on how that ended last year. None of that would normally be in my DNA. I'm getting I'm getting Black Friday single season 500 level <laughs> emails from the Jays. Listen, I don't know if the tickets are flying right now, guys. I got to be honest. Yeah, I think it's a real interesting time for that organization. Especially, as Shai Davidi wrote yesterday in his column, they're looking for five-year commitments on the lower bowl premium staff. Like, this is a very interesting moment in season ticket history for the Jets. And I saw the video the other day. Congratulations. Big pile of dirt at Rogers Center. Yes, amazing to watch. Great social media. Big pile of dirt. A lot of construction going on. And it's going to cost some money. You just can't say we're moving Dalton Varshow to center. Like, you can't. That is not how this organization organization, pardon me, is going to do proper business. So I believe 100%, 100% they've taken big swings at Otani. Ross Atkins never says a thing and has actually let us in, it feels like, this week at the uh, Baseball Writers Association availability here in Toronto. I, I believe all of that. And I just go back to the notion of Every fiber in my being previously would have would have just urinated all over all of this. <laughs> because it's not it's not a thing that happens here unless you overpay for the center fielder. But nobody has a clue what Otani's thinking. Nobody. The Angels made no sense other than geography. Yeah. No sense. And so if it's if the Dodgers are the slam dunk, why isn't it done? Why isn't that locked and loaded? I, 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 I am holding out hope. They got a shot. And I got to tell you, I, I know it ended poorly last year, but they would completely redeem themselves. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, those Black completely Friday deals redeem- on tickets? Oh. I mean, the people that scoop those up would be in a really, really good spot. Oh. Those, those hot dog Tuesdays are going to be sweet. <laughs> oh, baby loony dogs. So let, let's say it just, it is money and the most is presented by the Toronto Blue Jays. You're dreaming about the possibility, but like how, how does he transform this city from a sports city to something even beyond that if Shohei Otani chooses Toronto? Becomes cultural. In one of the more multicultural cities in, in North America, I think. I, I, I'm hoping that was one of the biggest hooks, money aside. I'm hoping that's what was really explained to this young man about what what kind of a baseball city this is. Like I like I know the Angels had some runs there and they 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 did their thing. When Rogers Center's full, when Rogers Center is what it is, and early in the season, they can control the elements, like he can 
He, he, gave, he can get all the things he would need as both a pitcher and a hitter on this team. Like, it's, it, it is different. I feel like it's different up here. I feel like, with respect to Raptor fans, and Leaf fans aren't even in the discussion, but with respect to Raptor fans and TFC fans, it is the loudest building in the city when going. And we, 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 we got to give ourselves more credit as a baseball city. We're an amazing baseball city. Right in the heart of downtown. They never have to move from there. I'll cry if they, if they move out of where they are location-wise. All the things... It's, it's, it's perfect. And they just have to kind of convince Otani's people they can win, too. Because, I mean, it's in the equation. But I don't know where it is in the equation. He is an entrepreneur. He is a business. I, I, winning's important, but I think there's a lot of other elements to who he is that are just as important. And I... Uh, I think he changes like we've done this with free agents before. So I'm a little hesitant, but he's like, this is the biggest acquisition in the history of Toronto sports. If it happens, it's bigger than Kawhi. Mm -hmm. It's bigger than the drafting of Matthews. It's bigger than let's go down the list, you know, bigger than uh, Bernadeski. <laughs> oh yeah. It's a joke. <laughs> um, so, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think, yeah, it's the biggest, you know, I heard, I heard JD earlier today on the fan saying like, it would be bigger than the bad flu. It's quite a, it's, it's, it's quite a statement mm -hmm. and I'm trying to fight the idea. Like it's, it would be the biggest moment outside of the world series titles in franchise history. 100%. And who knows how long the deal would be, right? Like I think people are like, I could, I, I, I don't think the kid does more than three years right now. I think he's a very patient person. I think he wants to see what life is like before committing. Like the the Angels was kind of like that. Like I think we shouldn't assume too much on you know seven, eight, nine, ten, even you know for crazy money. But yeah, it's right up there. It's right, man. I, and Kawhi was everything. As much as I hated the way he left, he was everything. He did everything he was asked to do. But this this guy would just change it. Like you would, you would have billboards outside of Rogers Center updating all drivers along the Gardner when he was pitching. Otani days Friday, mm. Ot like literally, you would have updates outside. They could, it's they're easy to do. There's a ton of billboards out there. Mm. It would become a cultural news event every single time he was in the mix. And I got to tell you, don't do not discount. Was it the Friday night? Angels came to town and he hit like the first pitch out mm -hmm. this past summer. Mm -hmm. Do not discount that moment. And the guy had plenty around baseball. Don't get me wrong. I realize. But that was kind of a wow Apple TV kind of thing. And I, I if, if I'm the Jays again, I hope I put that one on a loop. Because he wasn't our guy. And that's the response he got. So, so what if what if they don't get him? We were talking about this a little bit off air. Like Blue Jays or Toronto sometimes are where the bridesmaids never the bride. Do you gain anything? Do you gain some respect from other free agents down the road? No one's going to be like Shohei, but somebody might think, wow, they were top three, top two in the stakes of landing a generational talent. Maybe there's something special about Toronto. Do they gain anything if they don't land Shohei Otani? Gain absolutely nothing. Because of top two, top three in these things, it's not real. No one will ever be able to prove 
it's it's one of the lines that I, I'm glad you asked. This. It's one of the lines that has driven me the most crazy in all baseball offseasons. Jays were second. Mm-hmm. Jays were in on. Jays were yada yada yada. You cannot disprove it. It is it is garbage. It's not real. The only thing that's real is if Schneider can pencil him in next spring. That's it. There's no participation medals. There's no bonus points. To me, just my opinion, because I still think people are that angry coming off last year. I don't think this angers them any further. I think the anger stays level. Because I'm still not entirely convinced the entire fan base has bought into it. The chase for Otani. Seems still pipe dreaming. But the we came in second, we came in third. Absolutely not. There's not, a, there's not a piece of tangible positivity you can turn around with that and go into those winter meetings in Nashville and talk to any. No one will care. Mm-hmm. No one, not one other free agent will care. So I'm I'm glad we hit this because it has bothered me for 10 years in this city. The notion that the Jays came in third or fourth or had a good dialogue or were interested in, it's just, it's political word salad. I cover politics enough. It doesn't mean anything, anything. You might as well stand up in the House of Commons or Queen's Park and say, we can't comment right now because it's before the courts. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Sit down. That's that's your out. Like, this doesn't mean anything. You don't say anything. It's not worth anything. So that's a long way to say no. <laughs> it's an incredible position to be in uh, this off season's unlike anything. If you're if you, it's not 50 50, I'm not sure what it is. But if it's it is you get him or you don't get him. And if you get him, you bring in the athlete, non-soccer athlete, who could most is most impactful globally, non-soccer globally, and he makes you immediately a World Series contender, or you have to sell Dar- Dalton Varsho's move to center field. That is the Blue Jays' offseason. It is that, right. or it is that. It's it's actually unprecedented. Some some scary stakes here. Yeah, and and whoever you manage to pick up to play third base, because that's still in the ether. But to but to your point. Like, we talk about Taylor Swift being an economy in and of herself. Mm-hmm. That's what this guy is. Mm-hmm. You sign, whoever signed Shoei Otani gets Japan. And anywhere else who has fallen in love with this unicorn of a human being, the money you bring in, the rights on Japanese television, think about just like from, from a business standpoint, if you're Rogers, the company we work for, wow, what this could do. And you're getting you're getting a million five on Sportsnet if he's pitching. For the first three months, you're getting minimum nine hundred thousand to a million if he's in the lineup. Minimum. Um, it's it's like the playoffs start in April if they get this guy. And that's just North, that's just us. So, I mean, it's, can you guys remember the last time, like some, like I, this is completely unprecedented, even the thought of it in the city. And again, my gut tells me I, I'm a pessimist by nature. Mm. My gut is telling me 
relax. It's not happening. Move on. But we don't know what this guy's about. No one knows what this guy's about. And like, I, I it's just fun. <laughs> it's the thought of it is fun. And, and that's where I'm a little fun. older now. Terrifying as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, if we speak, the three of us talk in a week, like we're just like, yeah, there you go. Yeah, is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a sought after guy. But I think I have to tell you, man, the pressure with the Jays, the way they lost that that opening round series, those renovations, season ticket costs, the uploading of those season ticket costs, the five-year guarantee on season tickets. I've run to a couple of people in the last few months, lower bowl season ticket holders, who are not pleased at how this is going. Just structurally, seats are moving. People are in different spots. The costs have doubled. It's it's a different game right now. Like I can imagine what they're getting feedback wise. This in one move shuts everybody up. Everybody. And listen, I'm rooting I'm rooting for them. People have the wrong idea about me. I don't root against Toronto sports teams. I get frustrated by them, but I don't root against them. Um this, you know, the beauty is I think we're we're gonna know. I was hoping we'd know by the end of the segment, but we'll... Uh, if you keep talking, like you we'll, might. Well, forgive me. It's been a while. I forget where you're, when your heart out is. Or, or do you have a heart out? Forget we do. Me. It's okay. been a while for radio. It's okay. Uh, sorry. I'll, 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 I'll tie a bow on this one. Um, I'm hoping they do it. I'm not willing to bet my own money they do it. And uh, if they do, it changes the Toronto landscape completely. Completely. I... Think I- I think I'm a believer because I'm an optimist. Unlike Justin, we got to have like a split, you know, a split desk here. Uh, I, I've said on the show 0%. <laughs> I said, he said 0%. 0%. Like nothing in life is 0%. So I'm, I'm feeling like at least there's more of a chance um, nowadays. It's been an exciting day on Twitter. I had that same feeling that today was a special one. So maybe by the time we say goodbye... We'll get you back on at 631. <laughs> we'll have uh, Shohei news. Uh, but we do appreciate your time. Sid. It was great to catch up. We need to do a whole hour one day because we got lots to go through. So many yeah. other Toronto Le- teams we didn't Raptors touch later. on. Yeah. yeah, we appreciate yeah, it. We left a lot on the table. Uh, Ailish, Justin, have a good one. You guys Thanks are doing so a great job. Thanks, Thanks Sid. Appreciate really appreciate it. it. That's Sid Six Arrow, of course, of uh, Breakfast Television. And uh, no Shohei news yet. But I hope Shohei was listening to that. Because I would run through a brick wall the way that he's just setting up that the stakes of the city of a country of a entire population that wants to be a part of this journey. Right. And I know that it's anywhere. We'll, we'll welcome Shohei in, but we're special. We're different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, uh, that's what I've been wrestling with this whole time is like, what can we offer him that other cities can't? And maybe it just is that where but this is the, the this has been my blind that spot. Was cooler and different I know, than but us. That was, nice you know, but weather. You said it. That was geography, and it was like, okay, Who that's cares? a soft spot to land. L.A. and I, whatever. But he is right. Sid is right in that Shohei could change a proud sports city, mm-hmm. a massive sports city's history forever. Can you say that about Boston? Can you say that about going in? Can you be bigger than Tom Brady? is to Boston? Could you be bigger than the greatest New York athlete is to New York? Mm -hmm. Can you be that in LA? Can you supersede everything anywhere else but Toronto and still be in a big city? I don't know. The only city without football, too.
We got to do Bat Rivers quick. We do. Um, Time now for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bat Rivers. Take a chance. My selection tonight is to go against uh, producer Daniele Franceschi, who I am going head-to-head with in fantasy football this week. His team is number one, so I'm going to do a happiness hedge and pick people on his team because if I win, then I win money. And if I lose, then that means that, you know, that his team didn't do anything. So Dak Prescott over 299 passing yards plus a Jake Ferguson touchdown is plus 500. He has both players and I am set up to lose. So let's just try to win money on it. Vegas, Vancouver is the game of the night. I think this one wakes Vegas up because they've been bad in November. Vegas to win by three goals or more is plus 410. I think Vegas goes out there. Gets a big win over Vancouver. Okay, that was Between the Lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. Take a chance. We will take a break. Haley Salvin will join us afterwards. We had breaking news. Nikita Zadorov heading to the Vancouver Canucks. We'll break all that down next on the Fan Free Game. Well, you're back on the fan pregame Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet 590. The fan, if you missed it at the top of the 6 o'clock hour, there was a signing, not Shohei. Nikita's not a ador- signing. <laughs> well, I, I Big guess somebody, trade. Yeah, well, I couldn't say trade because Shohei's not getting traded. But yes, okay, a trade. Acquisition? Nikita, yes, uh, that's the way to do it, an acquisition. A new face to a new city, boom. Nikita Zadorov to the Canucks for a fifth-round pick in 2024 and a third-round pick in 2026 from the Calgary Flames, obviously connected with the Toronto Maple Leafs for a little while here. He requested requested a trade basically on the ice when he was playing the Leafs a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And then now we have his destination. Uh, When you look at that return, it seems pretty light. It seems like something the Maple Leafs could have afforded. I wonder if the connection between Brad Tree Living and his former club was just maybe too close to make this work. Yeah, I guess that's one possible explanation. There's also a couple other defensemen uh, who Brad Trilling might be interested in. But yes, if you're if we're talking about inventory, uh, the Maple Leafs did have a fifth round pick to offer in 2024, and they did, and they do have a 2026 third round pick. So they could have done this deal, I suppose, uh, unless what you're saying is true, and that Calgary and Toronto maybe are not the best trade partners based on history. Okay, let's bring in Haley Salvin of The Athletic and co-host of The Athletic Pod. Haley, what's going on? Busy day today. <laughs> I know. There's so much going on. It's been dark for hours. I don't know how yeah, to feel. It's a bit sad, but uh, we'll brighten up your <laughs> night. I'm, I'm impressed, honestly. <laughs> we'll brighten but, it all up. Uh, we'll get yeah, into some yeah. PWHL stuff, too, which is exciting <laughs> news. Uh, but let's start with the trade. So Canucks getting Zadorov. Yeah. One of the big names uh, pending out of Calgary. Uh, we just talked about the return, not the biggest return. Uh, the Leafs not getting in on this. Do you think something had to do with the Calgary connection and Brad Tree Living? I, I know you covered them quite closely. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would go there. I, I don't, I don't think I would go there with any kind of speculation. Honestly, I know Nikita Zadorov was somebody who, um, during his time in Calgary, when both Daryl Sutter and Bradtree Living were there, you know, played some of the best hockey of his career. Um, he was, uh, you know, brought in by Bradtree Living, had a couple of really good seasons under Daryl Sutter. Um, he's really thrived there, and obviously the team has kind of taken a turn, and, and they're not playing well. And as you guys mentioned, he had the uh, the trade request. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I didn't see anything that would suggest that Zadorov was saying, no, I'm not going to go play for Brad Tree Living, but I also, I wouldn't really want to speculate uh, on that one. So I'm going to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think I, I heard what Justin said, and I think I 
like Nikita Zadorov would be an upgrade on the three American Hockey League players who are going to be in the Leafs lineup tonight for sure. Yep. Um, but I think I would maybe hold a bit of my judgment until we see if there's another rabbit that's going to be pulled out of the hat, so to speak. Like, is Bradtree Living holding out for, say, Chris Tanev, another right shot defender out of Calgary? Maybe he's more interested in a young Noah Hannafin. Uh, maybe there's somebody not on the uh, Calgary Flames that Brad Tree Living's interested in. Like, if if we're at the trade deadline and they're still rolling out Connor Timmins and uh, Geo's still out and there's all these injuries and it's still a, you know, a thin ragtag group of defenders, then you can say, okay, what the heck? You have, you know, how many draft picks they have this year? Six. But they have a ton of draft picks. Mm-hmm. They've got three in the fifth round, two in the seventh, one in the sixth, one in the third, one in the fourth, even a first-round pick this year. So if we're at the deadline and Bradshaw Living still hasn't grabbed an upgrade on defense, then we can say, okay, why didn't you grab Zadora for, for two depth picks? But right now I feel like I'm still going to wait on that. Oh, yeah, and Bradshaw Living said as much. I mean, they're going to go out and try to improve that, uh, that unit for sure. Uh, so maybe Zadorov was just never the guy because, yeah, frankly, they could have paid that price if they wanted to, and it just might be that they have their eyes uh, on yeah. someone else, or the Canucks just beat them to the punch and traded Anthony totally. Beauvillier and were ready to go, and Calgary wanted to make the move. Now, yeah. uh, it does say something, I, I do guess. I think Zadorov, I will say, like, Zadorov is probably exactly what the Leafs would want and need. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's, that that's kind of where I was going next, though. Like, what, was that the one that made the most sense? Does it make the most sense for the Canucks? Like, was it important that the Canucks got this done because he can actually make a, a pretty sizable impact there at Vancouver? I mean, like, sizable in terms of the size, too. Like, he's a bruiser. He's physical. When he first got to Calgary, he was really interesting because Zadorov was a guy that hadn't, like, he had a really good playoffs with the Avs, but he'd moved around a lot. He was a guy that was always kind of, like, played out of his position or out of his depth, and it was like, okay, who who is this guy? Like, what is his style? And he really did blossom under Daryl Sutter in Calgary. He was mostly on the third pair with Eric and Branson. They were you know, not the most, um, <laughs> like, dynamic offensive duo. Like, you're not going to see Zadorov walk the offensive blue line, toe-dragging around guys like Kale McCarr, um, but he is going to be physical. He's tough on the wall. He wins battles. Like, he will obliterate you in open ice. And I feel like that is something that uh, in the playoffs is valuable. I know that's something that I think Leafs fans covet for that roster as someone who can just, Go out, grab the puck, and destroy a guy in the meantime. I mean, Leafs fans saw it when they played the Calgary Flames in that game where he ended up asking for a trade. Who was it? I think it was Max Domi. He was like, you know, we could really use this over here. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of things that are attractive about Nikita Zadorov, sure, um, especially when you see that price tag. So I think he's a guy that will work out well in Vancouver, you would think, and that's a team that, that remains hot. But I think when you're looking at the Leafs, I mean, he's not – like the best defensive defender out there. Like if, if you had to ask me like who, what defender on the flames that could be available, should the Leafs go? I feel like I'm pretty biased towards Chris Tanev. I think he's been one of the most underappreciated defensive defenders uh, in the NHL for several years now. He's got perfect stick details. He's always in the right spot. He, he was the TJ Brody replacement for TJ Brody in Calgary. Like that's why it was the uh, Mark Giordano, Chris Tanev pairing 
uh, after TJ Brody left. And then obviously once Giordano was gone, you know, Chris Tanev has always kind of been the fixer. Um, he's always kind of the one beside the guy who has a career year. He did it with Noah Hannafin. He did it with Oliver Shillington. So I think if you were to look at the Flames blue line and people who were available, I would, I would look at a Chris Tanev and say, like, that's the guy. Yeah, I'm with you, I Haley. I, I, I think the Leafs need, uh, if it's just one, I think they need a top pairing, top four defenseman at the very minimum. And maybe Zadorov yeah. can be that, but top pair, no, I, I don't think so. And Tanev, no. Tanev and, and or Hannafin maybe can be that guy. Uh, for well, the Flames, oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like I, I just love Chris Tanev so much. But I think you look at, um, like, look at the D pairs in the playoffs or last season, this season. Like, it's always kind of like, okay, how do we – it's always TJ Brody, right? It's like, well, where can we maximize him the most? Like, who should we put him with to make them excel, right? And if you have a Chris Tanev, you almost have a second dude who can do that. So you have, yeah. like, two TJ Brodies. Yeah, and, and, I, and, I, and I think that is important there. given that, you know, TJ Brody hasn't been great this year. So if you bump him down, yeah. maybe he can help someone else and Morgan Riley can get the best partner in a Tanev uh, moving forward. Yeah. For the Flames – does this, and the caveat is that, hey, Zadorov asked for a trade, but does this signal mm-hmm. to you that they are going to do full liquidation sale uh, before the deadline or in the months leading up to the deadline? Does this kind of wave the white flag or is this just a, uh, you know, a, a solo uh, circumstance with one player who didn't want to be there and maybe they can still be that team hunting for a, a wild card or a playoff spot in the Western Conference? Hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. I think, um, you know, we've kind of had, this conversation over the last few years about, you know, what, what path of the flames going to go down. Um, and I think since their slow start to the season, you know, Eric Francis from Sportsnet's reported that they were like looking at making a, you know, drastic change and they're at a pivotal point. Um, you know, are they going to just start selling off and rebuilding? I mean, I think Zadorov does signal that they're not just going to hold on to these guys and, and try to, to win. And I think, uh, Craig Conroy has been pretty consistent. Um, he said it in, in the summer when he first got hired, although there weren't too many trades, but he said, you know, we're not going to put ourselves in a situation where we're holding the bag at the end of the season uh, and, and losing guys for nothing to UFA. Like he doesn't ever want to see the Johnny Gaudreau thing happen again. And they have quite a few guys who are going to be unrestricted free agents this, this summer. You've got Elias Lindholm, um, obviously, uh, Nikita Zadora was one of them, Noah Hannafin, Chris Tanev. So they've got they've got a lot of work to do. If they're and and I know Eric Francis reported this again, um, you know, they put all of those contract talks on hold. They were looking at a Chris Tanev extension. They were looking at an Elias Lindholm extension and those things all got put on hold as they're kind of reassessing and deciding what way they're gonna go. So yeah, I think this could absolutely be a signal that that things are going to change in Calgary and if you're a Flames fan you probably want this to happen there's been so you know they had the great year under Daryl they make it to the second round lose to the Oilers in you know embarrassing fashion but other than that it's just been a lot of mushy middle a lot of make the playoffs one year you're out the next um you know drafting the 12th overall spot or 13th like they're never getting the best prospect they're never getting the best players they they're never you know making it all the way in the playoffs. So I think if you're a Flames fan, you're probably hoping they just steer into the skid a little bit and finally <laughs> make a bit more of a drastic change than just trying to minimize the damage because that, that just hasn't worked. We're going to see Calgary tonight against Dallas. That's on Sportsnet 1, uh, 9 p.m. Dallas was your cup pick. Are you yeah, excited to 
continue on that jersey journey? Oh, yeah. Would you like to amend it, or are you still all on Team Dallas? I love them. I think they have a great top nine. I think they have a great goalie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love the stars. And that, yeah, that's my great analysis. I just love them deeply. Um, no, I haven't. Uh, obviously, I think there are some teams that have uh, looked better. I mean, I think the Kings uh, are low-key, one of the better teams in the West. They look like a team to beat. They've got so much depth. I mean, the Avs have looked Great. Rangers, good. I think the Bruins have only lost four games, which is crazy. And by the three of them have been in a row, which is really funny. I don't think I realized that until today that they were. They only lost one game up until last week, which is, you know, they've made me look stupid two years in a row. Me too. So I'm never going to bet on the Bruins. But, yeah, I, I think the Stars are great. I think they're a really fun team to watch. They've got an elite young goalie. They've got one of the best top lines in the league. Again, they've got a ton of depth. Their top nine's exciting. They got some good young players, Wyatt Johnson, Thomas Harley. I think there's there's a lot to like with the Dallas Stars. Um so yeah. I'm not I'm not moving off that yet. I've never I don't think I've ever picked anything right, but that's not gonna <laughs> stop me. Well a lot of people here at Sports and picked the uh Edmonton Oilers and I think they might be that's regretting rough. it. Unless you think that McDavid has all it takes to weld this team back into it. He's had a pretty dynamite last five games, racking up, uh, yeah. going from over 100th in scoring to now in the top 10. So does mm-hmm. he have what it takes him and Dreisaitl to actually make this season redeemable? I think there, I think it's not a coincidence that the Oilers have won three straight while McDavid's riding a three-game multi-point <laughs> yeah. streak, right? Like, wow, I wonder what happened here. <laughs> um, but as great as McDavid and Dreisaitl, when they're healthy and clicking, are... I think we've also seen from the Oilers that um, atrocious goaltending can torpedo you like instantly. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're going to carry them to a Stanley Cup if they can't figure out what's going on in the back end. And that's not, you know, a discredit to, to those two. I think they're two of the best players in the league. But if your goalie can't stop a beach ball, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Four <laughs> seven, I don't know. Uh, that that might Maybe. be the task for uh, Connor McDavid <laughs> moving forward here. Uh, a big one on Sportsnet West tonight, Vancouver and Vegas. Uh, I guess we didn't necessarily all expect this to be, you know, a, a first place matchup if you want to if you want to call it that. But mm-hmm. Vegas has kind of been slumping through November. Maybe it was a delayed onset on that Stanley Cup hangover. But I feel like they're going to have uh, their their ears are going to get perked up for a Vancouver team that has played so well, but has also had all these coachable moments along the way. Uh, What do you, is this like truly for Pacific division supremacy or do you think either Vancouver or Vegas has, has some cracks in them? Mm, I, it's interesting. I think we keep having this conversation or at least I have uh, certainly on this radio network, people are probably sick of me being like, do we really know who the Canucks are yet? I don't know. It's like we're quarter in the season. Uh, I think there are things that will likely regress when we're discussing the Vancouver Canucks two months from now. Like, I don't know if they're going to be clicking along at the exact same rate, but like, I also don't think the Canucks are going to drop off by any means. Like, I think that this is a playoff team. Now, when I'm looking at the tiers within the Western conference, um, or within the Pacific, you know, just thinking more about the West, like I, I see, the Avs, the Stars, and the Golden Knights as the top-tier teams. Maybe even throw the Kings in there, honestly. Like, I've gotten kind of bullish on, on the Kings, although I don't know if Cam Talbot's going to keep playing as well as he is for the entire season. But I see 
those three teams at the very least, um, Avs, Stars, and Golden Knights being like the top tier teams to be in the Western Conference. And then I see the Canucks in that tier two, um, along with like the Jets and the Kings, unless you put the Kings in the top tier. And then everyone else is kind of like, other than the Blackhawks and Sharks, like, who are you? I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to feel. Uh, they'll all duke it out for the wild card spots and, and you know, the, the final divisional spots. But, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think that the Canucks are in the same tier as the Vegas Golden Knights. I think it's awesome that they've had a really good start to the season. I think the story with Brock Besser is unbelievable. Leading the NHL in scoring, like, scores twice in hockey fights, cancer night. You know, look back at the last hockey night, hockey fights cancer and he's, you know, supposed to be a healthy scratch. You know, his dad passed away like just I said this on the podcast today. My parasocial relationship with Brock Besser tells me that I love this for Brock <laughs> Besser. Like I don't know him, but as a human, like that's great. I love this. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't I feel confident in saying that the Golden Knights are in a different tier than the Canucks. Um, but I do think that the Canucks are going to be, you know, one of the top teams in that division if not the western conference um by the end of the season i think there's they're top heavy um but there's a lot to like and obviously they're showing that they're willing to to make some moves to improve this roster early they're not sitting on their hands and waiting i think quinn hughes has had an unbelievable start to the season he's third in the nhl in scoring i mean elias petterson's been great brock Besser, as i mentioned leads the league in in goals if the season ends today he's winning the the rocket i don't know how many people would have expected that and I think Quinn Hughes is probably at the top of most people's Norris ballots right now JT Miller's playing better at five on five uh Thatcher Demko is playing great and as you mentioned like there's been coachable moments and Rick Tockett's been he's not just letting them it's not a locker room vibe in Vancouver I'm not suggesting that it was before but you know there was a game earlier against the Preds that they won like six to two Elias Pettersson has a hat trick and he gets benched because he like turned the puck over like Rick Tockett's not letting that team coast by just on winning and scoring the easy way it's like yeah we got the win but the result or the way the result was great but the process kind of sucked and he's trying to make sure that this team doesn't kind of step back into into old habits like they're gonna win games and, and he's trying to get them to win the right way so I think there's a lot to like about the Canucks but no I, I don't think that they are in the same tier as the Golden Knights I think Vegas is gonna be a tough tough out for the entire season and, and into the playoffs when it matters most We've got that game on 10 p.m. Sportsnet Pacific. Uh, one last tidbit of information. Kevin Weeks reporting uh, that the Maple Leafs needed the Flames to retain salary during their pursuit of Zadorov to make it work on their end. He's hearing. So that's a little bit of information to maybe why the Maple Leafs didn't get to land that defenseman. Um, I want to ask you about the mm-hmm. PWHL. Today was a very big day, uh, something a lot of people have been anticipating. The schedules announced. We have the venues uh, the uh, the home games will be played in it's the last uh, last couple weeks of training camp there's going to be roster cuts made I feel like we're getting there Haley uh, the it, a month and a day away until the opening puck drop on January 1st uh, I feel like we're in a good spot things are happening and I guess you being so close to it what are we most excited for after getting some big important news this week yeah, I'm sorry. I just have to say to the tree living to the Zadorov thing. I think it's very funny that Brad Tree Living signs Zadorov to that contract. That's like too high for him to now trade for. Yeah, but anyways, yeah. I wasn't thinking that funny. far down the line. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie. Um, shows his commitment to the Flames when he signed that contract. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think everything's great. I think when the announcement came on Tuesday of the home openers mm-hmm. and the first ever game is what made it feel like more real for people, right? I think a lot of people with a lot of announcements been like, okay, well, when is this going to come? And we don't know. There was just still so many questions and still so many things that we needed to learn. And, of course, we still don't know the final rosters. We're in the middle of training camps right now. Uh, there is a roster cut down that should be coming. We should be hearing some of the players who've been put on waivers in the next uh, day or so. And then there's the big evaluation camp in Utica, the final roster deadlines on the 11th. But like the first game's on January 1st. That's not like not in February. It's not a year from now. Like things are, things are clicking along and not everything's perfect. Like I'm sure the Boston team didn't want to be playing in Lowell, Massachusetts. Um, But I think once they made the final decision that there was going to be a team in Boston in, I guess, July and mid July, um, a lot of those venues, a lot of the big important venues are booked. Um, I know that sounds like an excuse, and in some ways it is. Like, if they wanted to book up proper venues in Boston, they should have started sooner. Um, but I guess the thing I say about that is I don't know if they would have decided to have a team in Boston if that sale of the PHF didn't happen because they weren't going to put two teams in Boston. So it's been this, like, huge puzzle. I feel like I feel like I'm, you know – Charlie Day and it's always sunny, like staring at my crazy paper and yeah. like trying to show people like this is the road. It's gonna work, everyone. This is what's yeah. been going on. I swear. Um, but yeah, everything. I I would say that I look at this from the outside and say that everything is, you know, not not everything's perfect. But I think we knew it wasn't going to be in year one. And I think what matters, like I don't think the players, the players don't care about the jersey thing. They care right. that they're in. Um, And I don't know if they care that they have to drive to Wellesley in Boston for their training facility because the facility itself is great and um, they have proper contract and player protection. Um, They have all these benefits and resources that they've never had. So I think all the players I've spoken to are are really happy. I think, you know, I, I was talking to Gina Kingsbury and, you know, people who work in the league, people who work for the teams, they're drinking from the fire hose right now. Um, but we are finally starting to see everything kind of come together. And, and yeah, that first game's coming up. I'm yeah, excited. I, I I'm can't excited wait. To a month and a day. Everything. A month and a day until uh, we're at Madame Athletic Center for Toronto's home opener. It's going to be an absolute blast. Uh, Haley, we'll let you go. Lots of hockey on tonight. We appreciate you finally coming on our show. You're so hard to track down. Every time we ask, you're busy. So we appreciate you taking the time for us tonight. And we're locking you in now. Like, we know how to contact you. So you're a part of the show, okay? Yeah, yeah. I've been <laughs> I've been dodging Mike's calls. Producer Mike, I'm sorry. Well, we put you Every on now. Every time he asked and something was happening, I was just like, I, I swear I'm not lying. <laughs> I don't hate you. Like, I'm just. In Arizona, or I'm on a flight. I'm at a wedding. I, you know, I'm I'm tired. I don't feel like it. I don't know. Just, it's all good. We appreciate it. We I'll got you now. <laughs> okay, yeah. perfect. Just call me in six months. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, Haley. Thanks, Haley. Have a good night. Appreciate your time. <laughs> See you guys. Haley Salvin of the Athletic, uh, co-host of uh, co-host of the Athletic Pod as well. Uh, yes, PWHL schedule was announced today. Uh, official venues. If you're in Toronto, the Madame Athletic Center will be the home of the Toronto team. Uh, January 1st, 12.30 p.m., New York, Toronto, the very first inaugural game of the PWHL. It's going to be an absolute blast. They will be also involved in the NHL All-Star Game, which is Rogers' NHL All-Star Game in 2024. It'll be expanded to a three-day event with the NHL All-Star Thursday at Scotiabank Arena. 
featuring the Tim Hortons NHL All-Star Player Draft, the NHL Alumni Man of the Year, honoring the 1967 Maple Leafs. The people don't know if they want that to happen or not, but it is happening. And the Canadian Tire PWHL 3-on-3 Showcase. Tickets to all of this, the NHL All-Star Thursday, go on sale Tuesday, December 5th at 10 a.m. on Ticketmaster. So if you're looking to get involved in all this action in about um, two months now at this point. Yeah, we're getting there. Tuesday at 10 a.m. on Ticketmaster, you can grab tickets to that. And all of this will be on Sportsnet, of course. Uh, Yeah, very much looking forward to that. Looking forward to uh, January 1st and Toronto's newest team uh, getting underway at Mattamy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Busy day, obviously. We went through the Shohei uh, Otani stuff in the first block. He still hasn't signed. There's one minute left of the show. So we're going to have to deal with that tomorrow, uh, I suppose. (laughs) But quickly on, you know, the latest Kevin Weeks report saying the Maple Leafs would need the Flames to retain in their pursuit of Zadorov. I think that just speaks to, okay, you could soak up all that Klingberg money or predominantly, but do the Maple Leafs, like, can that satisfy the needs of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Do they need more than just, hey, Klingberg money out, Zadorov money in? I kind of get that feeling. So it feels like anyone who's brought into the Leafs might have to be coming at around 50%. I just looked at the schedule. It looks like the Vancouver Canucks play the Calgary Flames on Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada, 10 p.m. That will be one That'll not be good. to miss. Uh, we got a lot of action on the network tonight. Starting in about five minutes with San Jose and Boston. That's on Sportsnet. Lots of games to catch tonight. Hope you have a wonderful Baby Friday. We haven't said that in a while. It's Baby Friday. Still Baby Friday in the afternoons here. And maybe tomorrow we'll have Shohei news. Cross your fingers because I can't wait. That was it for the fan pregame. Everybody have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow.